This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And good morning to you. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. On a Monday, coming up in the next three hours, we will recap Sunday night football in the NFL with the Ravens making that trip out to L.A. to meet the Chargers. Conference championship games are set across the college football landscape. We'll recap a wild weekend starting at 620, followed by our first look at the NBA schedule at 640. Then during the 7 o'clock hour, we will debate who deserves our MVP Monday award for having the best weekend in sports at 720. We get you ready for Monday Night Football in Minnesota, Bears and Vikings. And finally, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will talk about what we learned in week 12 of the NFL before giving you our best bets at 845. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in D.C. My co-host, as per usual, is the great Chelsea Messenger in Nashville, Tennessee. Chelsea, good morning to you. And before we get into all the sports betting, which we will talk about for three full hours. How was your Thanksgiving break? Good morning. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. How now, brown cow? I've got to remember how to speak eloquently because it has been yeah. a great weekend full of lounging, full of me not completing full sentences where I'm just like, turkey, gravy, <laughs> Pumpkin pie. It was a great Thanksgiving, though. I cooked for my, ex not my extended family, but my immediate family. So it wasn't like a huge Thanksgiving, but still, I cooked everything. It was edible. Wow. So I feel like it was very much a success. How unproductive do you think people are going to be at work today? Because I was just thinking oh. that. I've got to relearn how to do my job. I took, what, five days off? I've got to learn how to do this again. Yeah. I was looking at NBA games this morning. I was like, wait, LeBron's in the <laughs> Lakers now? How long has this been a thing? It's been a while since I've done this. I'm like you. I had a great few days off, so it's hard to get back into that mode. Even yesterday around 530, I looked at the lovely Catherine, and she's frowning. I mean, a true frown. I'm like, what is wrong? She's like, you know, I was like, I know, honey. I know you don't even have to say it. I know we've had time off. Now we got to go back to work. I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time kind of getting back in the mix today, especially after Thanksgiving. It's one thing to, to say, oh, we had a long weekend, like a Thanksgiving few days off. That makes it even tougher. Especially because the amount of laziness that you're allowed to be 
Like, it's not oh, just yeah. a holiday. It is the laziest holiday of the entire year. Like, you are supposed to lay on the couch. You are supposed to overeat. And you're supposed to mm -hmm. do a whole lot of nothing. Uh, I put up my Christmas tree early, so I didn't have to do that over the weekend as well. So I got the full um, thing of relaxation and laziness. But now it's back to work. And I will say this. I did watch a lot of football. And I could tell my dad and my mom, be like, listen. This is my homework. I've got to do this. I would love to talk yeah. to you about my future and how many kids I'm having, you know, in the next few years. But right now, I've got to focus on this game. Hey, you're just doing your job, Chelsea, just like a responsible employee. Well, tell me about all that football you watched and your bets over the weekend, or at least the last time you were on the show. Oh, God, Jenks. This one is what? going in the bad beat book for me. Oh. This had to be <laughs> one of the worst beats I've suffered in a long time. I had the over 48 in the Jags and the Texans. This game had no business staying under. The Jags won it 24-21. But if you saw the ending to this one, you will understand <laughs> how much pain I am in right now talking about this bet. At the end of the game, the Texans had a 58-yard field goal attempt. And this guy, Matt Am Amendola, had not made anything over 49 in his career. I was like, oh, brother, here we go. Because I needed four more points, or excuse me, I needed three more points to at least get a push. But if it was tied, obviously it would go to overtime, and I would probably get my over there. So Amendola hits it right down the middle. It's long enough. It looks like it, but it doinks. It hits the exact middle of the crossbar. No good. There goes my over. And also, we had a first and goal situation on the one to end the half. Mm -hmm. No points were scored in that situation as well. So the over was cursed. That was a loss. Had the over in the Commanders Cowboys, though. That was an easy win. Had over 48. There were points aplenty in a Cowboys blowout over the Commanders. But that Texans-Jags loss, God, oh that God. one's going to sting. I saw that. I'd forgotten you were on that. And then I, I saw that doink. And I mean, that's one of those kicks where if it's an truly, if it's an inch or two farther, it probably goes over and doinks over. I mean, that's about as close as it gets. So that was a bad beat. I had a turkey day parlay. Lions money line, Cowboys money line, Ole Miss money line. And the Lions just absolutely blew it. Blew it against the Packers, losing in Detroit, so that immediately just killed my parlay. Did have Broncos on the money line yesterday against the Browns, one of my favorite bets of the week. Thankfully, the Broncos come home 29-12. They cover the number as well. Bill was filling in over the last few days, at least during the weekday before we had the weekend off. He had Louisville minus 7.5, hosted Kentucky. Kentucky wins outright. Also had Bama minus 13.5 against Auburn. Auburn wins that game by three, so a couple losses there. As for KJ, we know KJ is always going to get a little crazy. He had the Jets to convert a fourth down. No, the Jets went two for three on fourth down. That was an L when they played on Friday against the Dolphins. And finally, have not seen this bet before on this show. Giants, Pats, both teams to score three or more in the first quarter. He had yes at plus 240. It was 0-0, zero, zero, so a loss there. And finally, for the Donkster, Memphis minus 13 against Temple. Memphis wins that game 45-21. Also had Duke laying six against Pittsburgh. Duke wins 30-19, so a couple of dubs for the Donkster. So for the week, you went 2-4, and four, I went 3-6. and six. The Donkster 6-4, and four, Bill 2-2, two and two, KJ 0-2, oh PJ 1-2. We should mention Double D's Degenerate Parlay 6-4, and four, so not quite there. 
but some wins sprinkled in. Parlay goes again six and four. Total odds. 125 to 1. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Jenks. She's Chelsea. How about some Sunday night football? Not the greatest game, I would say, but doesn't matter in the NFL. A dub is a dub, and the Ravens get one over the Chargers in LA 20 to 10. Ravens minus three. Ravens minus 180 on the money line. Total set at 49. The under hits easily. Ravens up 13-10, less than two minutes to play when receiver Zay Flowers seals it. Third and three. Oh, and lost it, but held on to by Flowers, who will take it to the 10 and the 5 and to the end zone for a touchdown. Mike Tirico with the call on NBC Sports Sunday Night Football, a 37-yard run for Flowers. So the Ravens cover at the very end. Flowers with a receiving score as well. As for Lamar Jackson, 18 of 32, 177 yards, one touchdown in the air. Rushes for 39, so he becomes now only the fourth quarterback in NFL history with more than 5,000 yards rushing in his career. The Ravens had the best record in the AFC. They lead by a half game over the Chiefs, Jags, and Dolphins. This wasn't a a great game, Chelsea, but Baltimore continues to just kind of plug along, being right there at the top of the pack. This kind of looked like one of the signature teams that the Ravens have had over the past, you know, decade or so, where defense Mm -hmm. rules the roost, because obviously the offense was a little underwhelming here. They had barely got to those 20 points, and it took every single minute of this game to get there. But this defense came up huge, time in and time out, whether it was forcing a couple of fumbles. We had a big one. I remember Jadevian Clowney. Didn't even remember he was on the Ravens, but he made a big play against the Chargers here. And limiting Justin Herbert to only 217 yards through the air is a pretty big deal. So to go on the road and win ugly like this, maybe you don't have a ton of faith in this offense and say, okay, Mark Andrews not being there, maybe it's a problem. But still, I think it is still a good thing. In the NFL, a win is a win is a win. And we have seen this Ravens defense be one of the best defense defenses throughout the entire season. And defense travels. And so I think that is yeah. a good thing moving forward for this Ravens team that their goal is not the regular season. Their goal is the postseason. So it should look like they will have a pretty uh, fortuitous path uh, in the, the, play, the playoffs if they continue to win games. But still, the defense looked lights out here, and that was really the case in their win last night over the Chargers. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about that going into this game, the Chargers, despite their awful record, they're a bad football team this year. But they actually led the NFL in holding on to the football. Not many turnovers this year, but the Ravens forced them into four turnovers in this game. L.A. only 86 yards rushing. When you think about the Ravens, I know that style points, they don't matter in the NFL like they do in in college football. But are we not considering the Ravens alongside the the best teams in the AFC, certainly record-wise? But is it because kind of what you talked about where, you know, they have a great defense. This is classic Ravens football. They're not necessarily explosive on offense. They don't have the glitz and the glamour of the Chiefs when they're scoring points or the Dolphins when Tyreek's doing his thing or Jalen Waddle's doing his thing, and yet – Here they are. I think it's because they're more blue-collar that we don't pay attention to the Ravens more, but that's kind of what Baltimore does. I think I tend to disagree. I think people are paying attention to the Ravens now. 
I think this is a team that people can confidently say that they are one of the best teams in the AFC. Because what mm-hmm. are the other options? Like, the Chiefs have not looked themselves on their offense. Like, yeah, they're winning games. And to the same point as the Ravens, you don't necessarily have to win pretty for the win to count. And it's crazy that the Chiefs are leaning on their defense. But you look across the AFC, I do think the Ravens are one of the contenders. And I don't think most people are sleeping on the Ravens anymore. And I feel like that's kind of reflected in the odds. Because, no, they're not flashy, but they still have a Mm big-name quarterback. They still have a quarterback that's fully capable of taking the game in his hands and scrambling for a first down here and there. We saw Lamar Jackson be um, back to his old self kind of with his legs. Maybe he wasn't in the hundreds of rushing yards, but still somebody who can be a difference maker with his dual threat ability and also making the throws. I was wondering who the throws were going to go to, but Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. did an excellent job of spreading the ball around. And I don't think it was the most prolific of days for the passing game. But still, that's a sign of a good quarterback is when you go down a target, you still find ways to win. And I feel like that was the theme of the NFL this week. Like, look at the Eagles. It took them till overtime to win that game. But still, Mm -hmm. this time of year especially, when we get to the colder months, a win is a win is a win, especially on the road. So I think that's my takeaway for the Ravens. Like, no, it wasn't pretty, but still counts Mm -hmm. as a dub. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ravens now sitting at 9-3. and three. And Matt just put this in the chat, which is pretty interesting. Four different teams held the AFC's number one spot yesterday. It was Dolphins, then the Jags, then the Chiefs, now the Ravens. So that's how tight that race is in the conference. What do you make of the Chargers right now? What a lost season for these guys. Justin Herbert, 29-44, one touchdown, one pick. They have now lost three straight. The Chargers are in last place in the division. That is remarkable. I think Brandon Staley is now on, well, that seat's been odd for a while. That seat has to be scalding now. But for a team, and I understand they've had some injuries, they always do. That seems to be their storyline each and every single season. But, man, for a team that does have talent, that does have a franchise quarterback, they continue to underperform. I cannot believe they're in last place in the division. They have the single hardest piece of the puzzle at their fingertips, which is a franchise quarterback. Do you know how many teams would sell their soul for a franchise quarterback? Mm -hmm. And the Chargers have it. And what are they doing with him? Absolutely nothing. Now it feels like Justin Herbert is going to waste away in L.A., which doesn't sound Mm -hmm. too terrible. You know, it's not the worst place to sit back and retire. But still, it's sad. You want to see the young quarterbacks like him In the postseason, it just feels like we're not going to see him. It feels like he's going to be the Mike Trout of the NFL, where we're just like, oh, there's Mike (laughs) Trout. Well, wonder if we'll ever see him in the postseason. Probably not. No, you're right about that. And here are the Broncos of all teams. They're on the bubble right now. Mm -hmm. They're not in. But they're 6-5. and They've won five straight. I'll give Sean Payton credit. I was watching that Broncos game yesterday. They were knocking the crap out of the Browns that defense and Russell looks a lot better he's playing within himself their offense isn't really explosive but they take advantage of field position and they hand it off when they have to I mean they were just absolutely laying out Browns players right and left they've won five straight I don't think they necessarily do any damage in the playoffs but this is a team that I thought would be scraping the bottom of the barrel 
along with Vegas. And here they are at second place in the division. Pretty remarkable. It almost feels like that 70-point game that they gave up to the Dolphins almost galvanized them together as a group. Because think yeah. about how many people were making fun of the Broncos, us included, and for a good yeah. reason. No team in the NFL should be giving up 70 points. But when you go through something like that as a team, and if it doesn't break you, probably makes you stronger. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with the Broncos now. Yeah, it certainly has. Up next for the Ravens, they are on a bye until December 10th when they host the Rams. The Chargers will visit the Patriots on December 3rd. Coming up next here on the show, Michigan makes a statement, even with Jim Harbaugh sitting at home. It is college football next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Good morning. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back. The Daily Tip for Bet QL, presented by Bet MGM. Good Monday morning to you. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. You know what's coming up? A big win in the big house. We will look back at what we saw in week 13 of the college football season. Mm, I cannot wait. And I also have that tinge of sadness because, Chelsea, you know how it gets. when This this is, for me, my favorite time of year. It's cool outside. You've got college football on. you got the holidays. Even we put up a tree. We went to Target. I never go to Target. We did all that stuff. And then I thought, oh, man, in a month and a half, all this good stuff's going to be over. And that's a terrible attitude to have. You have to just enjoy the moment as opposed to looking ahead and saying there's not going to be football in the college ranks here in a month and a half. Am I alone in doing this and this catastrophizing instead of saying, dude, it's championship week. Just enjoy it. No, if you want to get real depressing this early in the morning, I think about this all the time. Like sure. when your life's going really well. You're like, okay, mm -hmm. something's got to happen because things are going way too well right now. I don't ever think to myself, hey, maybe life's just going to be good for you. I'm like, nah, something's creeping underneath the surface is going to come up and kick you in the gonads. Uh, so, yes, I think this way all the time. But January's coming. January by far is the worst month of the year. It's the longest month of the year. Mm -hmm. It's going to be dark at, you know, 4.15. And everybody's going to say, you need to take your Christmas lights down. Christmas is over. And I'm like, no, it's still depressing season. So I'm going to keep the tree up at least till the end of January. But I will say the one positive is that we will start getting NFL games on Saturday. So it's not like yeah. we will be completely devoid of football. It would be, you know, like a soft pulling back of football. But yes, College football is so nice to have on Saturdays. And I know you had really high hopes for Texas this year. I Do you did. feel a little sad that it's starting to, you know, not happen for Texas in the college football playoff? Because entering this season, a lot yeah. of people like the Longhorns to be one of those top four teams. I'll say this. I think if Louisville beats Florida State, Texas gets in. That's what needs to Now, Texas needs to win. But I think that's what it comes down to is if Louisville beats Florida State this weekend, which could happen because Jordan Travis is out 
and the money is poured in on Louisville. I believe now Louisville is a three, three and a half point dog. It's a short spread, field goal spread in a championship game. You never know. But I think that is what has to happen. And plus, Texas needs to win. So I'm not going to just go ahead and chalk us up as having a dub in the Big 12 championship game. I'm a little bummed, but honestly, more than that, I'm thrilled. Because Texas has not won 11 games since 2009. It has been, what, 14 years? That's the last time Texas also played in the Big 12 championship game. So I am definitely not saying, hey, we may not get a shot to play in the national title game when we're doing something this season we haven't done in more than a decade. I'm just enjoying the ride because it's been better than I expected. Well, and also the future looks bright for Texas. Yes. You know, the the program looks good. You're going into the SEC. You've got some great recruits. We didn't Arch Manning play. I was surprised Arch to see Manning that. Arch Manning played. Yeah. It was a little surprising, and he played in the third quarter because Texas was just blowing out Texas Tech. Malik Murphy, the backup for Texas, I think is injured. So I now, I believe Arch is the entrenched number two. And listen, Quinn Ewers is a guy, and I'm going to transition to Big Ten football very shortly. But Quinn Ewers is a guy who has not gotten through a full season at Texas. His shoulder is still sort of banged up. So if something happens to Quinn, it's going to be Arch. Arch is going to be the guy. And the behind-the-scenes reports are that he looks awesome. He's just waiting for his time. So, yeah, I will be bummed if Texas doesn't get a shot. But I still think it's a possibility. I just want a chip. I want a Big 12 championship this weekend. And we get championship games all weekend long. It's going to be awesome, Chelsea. And that includes the Big Ten championship between Michigan and Iowa because the Wolverines took care of business against number two Ohio State, 30-24. to 24. Michigan was laying three. They were minus 150 on the money line. Total set at 46. The over hits. Ohio State was driving for the winning touchdown under a minute to play. Rod Moore picks up Buckeyes quarterback Kyle McCord. So... With Jim Harbaugh sitting at home because of his suspension, the Wolverines beat the Buckeyes for the third straight year. Again, they will face the Hawkeyes and probably roll Iowa. This was the game of the weekend. And what was your takeaway? I I thought Michigan would dominate in the trenches. That was my handicap. It was a close game. Great effort by Ohio State. But I think Michigan, as they proved this weekend, is just a smidge better. Right. And that's why you can't go into games saying, well, they who have they played? You know, I think that is something that people mm-hmm. rely probably too heavily on on college football. And of course, when you're trying to build a resume for the college football playoff, you do need to look at the resume and say, OK, who is this team played? But we mm-hmm. knew that Michigan really had not been challenged much this year. And their only challenge of the year had really been Penn State. And we saw how good their offensive line was in that game. And then we saw it against Ohio State. So at some point, we got to start giving Michigan credit for this offensive line that absolutely Mm -hmm. rules the trenches. Once again, Blake Corum, huge in this game. Wasn't this the case last year? Blake Corum running all over the Buckeyes. Had a couple of touchdowns, I believe, in that game last year in a win. And once again, great in this one. 22 carries, 88 yards, and a couple of touchdown runs. So I thought this one would be a little bit more defensively minded. I was on the under. That was a loser. But still, this Michigan team does not appear that they can be stopped. Even through the scandal, even with their head coach not even on the sidelines. So look out. This Michigan team is motivated and just coming off their biggest win of the year. <sighs> you hate to see it. You're not a Michigan person? <laughs> no. Just throwing it out there. Who's Doesn't a Michigan like person? 
is anybody a Michigan person these days that did not go to Michigan? And the worst thing about this is that it's making Michigan fans that much more obnoxious. Like, I don't remember yeah. seeing Michigan flags in people's yards until now. I live in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and I've looked hmm. through some of these neighborhoods because we've been looking at Christmas lights, uh, yeah. and there's a bunch of Michigan people. I'm like, where are these people coming from? So now they truly have this us against the world mentality. They've got this great offensive line and a pretty good squad. So, yes, you do hate to see it. You know what, Norm? I agree, but also I cannot stand Ohio State. So I was glad to see I I do not like Ohio State at all. Ryan Day now 1-3 and three all-time against Michigan, including three straight losses. Before this, Ohio State had won eight straight and 15-16, so the tide has turned in the Big Ten. In Austin, number seven Texas just destroys Texas Tech 57-7. Texas laying 15.5 points. It was glorious. Texas minus 700 on the money line. Total set at 53 and a hook. Texas covers that by themselves. They lead 10-7 after the first quarter. Then the floodgates come open. Backup running back Jadon Blue, 10 carries, 121 yards. Keelan Robinson returns a kickoff, 95 yards for a touchdown. Jet Bush, linebacker, racks up a 43-yard pick six. The Longhorns have now won six straight. They head to the conference championship for the first time since 2009 and will meet Oklahoma State. Chelsea, I was not stressed about this game. What I was stressed about was... I don't know if you saw that Oklahoma State BYU game. BYU is a terrible football team this year, and it took everything Oklahoma State had to beat BYU. Because if Oklahoma State had lost that game, it would have been Texas Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship. I don't want Oklahoma getting a sniff near the title, so instead it's Oklahoma State. But it took overtime, and the Longhorns are already two touchdown favorites. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I would like to to your horn for this one because I wish this would have been one of your best bets because you absolutely made a stand on this game. We even had an <laughs> infographic did. that showed your picture with a quote that said, Texas in a landslide. It's time for a good old-fashioned butt-kicking out by the woodshed. And wouldn't you say 57-7 to 7 is a butt-kicking yes. out by the woodshed? I would say so. It was awesome. This was one of those things where, first of all, I don't think, as I said during this handicap, I don't think Texas Tech is was a very good football team. But also, there was all that motivation that I've been talking about for months, and I just sort of knew, like, if Texas can pour it on in this one, they will. So, man, we got to see Arch. It's the third quarter, and Arch is coming in. Why? Just because he can? Oh, Chelsea. It was glorious. How about this for Red Raiders quarterback Baron Morton? 19 of 36. 88 yards, three picks, no thanks. Number six, Oregon <laughs> takes care of business against Oregon State, crushing the Beavers 31 to 7. Oregon laying 14 points. Oregon minus 600 on the money line. Total set at 61 and a half. The under hits. Bo Nix, 33 of 40, 367 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Franklin, nine catches for 128 yards and a score. The Ducks will get one more shot at Washington. They meet in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday in Las Vegas. After the game, I love this quote, Oregon's Tez Johnson was asked how much he wanted to play the Huskies again. And he said, quote, really bad. Ever since we lost that game, I couldn't talk to anybody. It's personal. And now that's uh, the old MJ.
I took that personally. So I'm excited about the Pac-12. I thought, however, Oregon State would give Oregon a better game here. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. Uh, but yeah. it was an Oregon um, butt-kicking. And also, you yeah. look at Bo Nix, and he's pretty much wrapped up the Heisman. Doesn't it feel like that? Like, I don't have the odds in front of me, but I would imagine he is a huge favorite. Because now he is entering uh, the championship game with, what, all of two interceptions for the entire season? What a year it's been for Bo Nix. Even though I had to look, how old is Bo Nix? I was like, okay, he's been in college football for forever. One would think that he should be good at playing quarterback by now, but I guess that's kind of the case for so many quarterbacks across the college football landscape at some of these big-name schools, that they get longer to hone their skills. Because now the talk in the NFL is like, okay, which of these quarterbacks are going to be NFL draft-ready prospects? I would think that Bo Nix should be ready, but again, we see the level of competition is just so much higher in the NFL, but do you think Bo Nix is somebody who is ready to take the next step, or do you think this is just the product of him playing 17 years in college football? (laughs) I think part of it is the fact that he has a ton of experience, and also I think sometimes different players need a a new environment. And you know the story with Bo Nix where he grew up being just a massive Auburn fan. He was the golden child, the next quarterback, the next great quarterback at Auburn. And when he disappointed early, it's not like he was a bad quarterback. I, I think that was a pressure cooker that he needed to get away from. And once he got away from that and then got into a different system and then matured then we saw Bo Nix be the quarterback that everyone projected him to be from the get-go but when you're sort of labeled as the next big thing and you've been an Auburn guy since you were a little kid I can't imagine that spotlight that he was under and he's talked about that just getting away from that I think was huge for him now right now he's minus 150 to win the Heisman Jaden Daniels at LSU is plus 120 this is pretty close so if Washington beats Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, and Bo Nix maybe struggles a touch, all of a sudden these odds could shift. It's really close. Yeah, but didn't Bo Nix put up great numbers the first time around against Washington? It wasn't like it was Bo Nix's fault that they lost. Right. You know, they lost on a, a field goal at the very end. So if that tends to be the case again, I still think this is Bo Nix's Heisman to win. So at these odds, Jenks, Next mm-hmm. minus 150, Jane Daniels plus 120. Would you actually put money on Bo Nix here? You know what? I would. I would. I, I still think Daniels can win. And you can make an argument regardless that Daniels deserves to win it. There's no question. But I also think when you have Bo Nix in a spotlight position, he could put on a he and you touched on it. Now, if he struggles, that's different. But even in a loss, he can put on a show. He's going to be on the turf there in Vegas. And I really think if you look back at that initial meeting, Oregon should have won that game. And Mm -hmm. they know they should have won that game. Because Dan Lanning, what did he go for it on fourth down? What, three or four times and didn't get it any of those times? Like He just, he completely sold out on fourth down and it did not work out for him. So he took the blame after that game. He should have taken the blame after that game. I think Oregon is a better team. Right now, Oregon is laying like eight and a half points against Washington, which is insane to me. But what is that? To me, that tells me that 
Everybody's going to be on Washington, but take a hard look at Oregon because that line doesn't make any sense. Right. If you think that they are going to win by that much, wouldn't you just take Bo Nix to win the Heisman at minus 150? There like that go. seems like the better bet as opposed to laying eight and a half points. Because look at the last time Bo Nix faced Washington. He threw for 337 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And again, for this season, he has 37 touchdowns to only two interceptions. And one of those interceptions was not even his fault. So Bonex minus 150 to win the Heisman seems like the better play. Coming up next on the show, do we have any plays that we like in the National Basketball Association? Well, it includes the Nuggets trying to shake off a slow start this season on the road as they meet the Clippers in L.A. Our take is ahead. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. It is a daily tip for Becky Well, presented by BetMGM on a Monday. Thanks for being with us. Chelsea and Jinx will be right back on the daily tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Great to have you with us on a Monday morning. Coming up in just a couple minutes. Our first look at NBA Monday as LeBron and the Lakers make their way across the country to face the 76ers. Did you take advantage of Black Friday, Chelsea? Because I saw a video yesterday, which was hilarious, it was on Instagram, and someone was at Target, and they were they were pulling away the little cardboard signs that says Black Friday deal and sliding them to the side, revealing the prices behind the Black Friday deals, they were exactly the same. No change at all. It just had a regular price little card in the display, and then they just threw another one in front of it that said Black Friday deal. No change in price at all. I'm not saying that happens everywhere, but I will say that doesn't strike me as something that's very uncommon either. So did you go nuts on Black Friday? Oh, no, I didn't. I'm not somebody who... I don't know how to put this. It takes a lot for me to buy something. Like I have to really yeah. need it. I'm somebody mm -hmm. who agonizes over, well, do I get this option? Do I get this option? So I'm not somebody who pulls the trigger easily. So no, I'm not somebody who's saying, well, just cause it's Black Friday, I guess I could use this. Yeah. Uh, so no, it takes a lot for me to buy things. Although I have been buying some new shirts because it's been really cold and I need some new sweaters. So I did go to Ann Taylor Loft and Whoa. you know i fully accepted my role as suburban mom i was like yes i'll go to ann taylor and i also went to <laughs> bath and body works they had a sale on candles because that was a good sale they had their candles 50 yeah. percent off so i got a couple candles for the house nice. so now our house is smelling amazing so again i am truly a suburban housewife because i went to ann taylor and i went to bath and nice. body works and got myself some candles I'm a big candle person. I love candles. I'm not even kidding. If I can stay away from making them a fire hazard in my own home because I leave them on all the time, that's probably my biggest issue. But I like a good candle, although there's some certain smells that I'm a little averse to. Like, I don't like lavender. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to smell that. But not we got some plug-ins. No. Uh, uh, I don't want to smell that. 
But we got some plugins. We got some candles at Target. We did the whole thing, put the tree up. So it was nice. I like a good. I like. I love the holiday season. So I'm all about having a game on. You got a couple candles on. I saw on Instagram you had a great setup. You had the tree up. You had a little Sam Adams going. You had the TV on football. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Jenks, you can't even post a picture of your new house without people hating on it. Because listen, what? I did a wide angle picture so you could see the whole Christmas tree because I wanted people to see my tree. And people were saying, that TV's too small. That's a poverty TV. I said, it's the size of the fireplace. Like, yeah, the angle makes it look small, but it's the same deal as when you try to take a picture of like the moon. Obviously, right. it does not look the same when you take a picture of it. So that made me mad. Uh, there's nothing worse than like posting a picture of something that makes you happy only for the internet to like dump on it. Like, oh, that TV's terrible. I'm like, no, it's not. I think it's 68 inches. Like, oh my God. Why? Your followers, I swear to God, nothing but haters. Are the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> I'm serious. I post something, it's dead silence. Once in a blue moon, somebody might say, maybe it's because I just, you know, smart off and block people immediately and your following, I'm sure, is bigger than mine. But I I just don't understand at all. You get haters, and I get it once in a blue moon. I feel like you get that on a regular basis. Yeah, because I'm a girl. <laughs> like, yeah, it's always true. that. That's and I, true. Like, somebody was going at me for this. I forget who it was, and... I think it was something over the like Carissa Thompson something or something or another. And I was like, listen, it's very different because I'm always going to get more. And it's but here's the thing. I also get more positive comments, too. So like there are yeah. some good parts to it. So it's not like all of the comments were bad. They were probably mostly positive. But like, you know how it is. You remember the sure. negative ones. And you're thinking about, you know, something that I have put a lot of time and effort into, which is my home. I am aware I'm not a multimillionaire. But still, I feel like it's a nice place. And I was enjoying my setup. And then somebody swoops in and dumps on it. Like, don't do that. Like, can you imagine doing this to somebody's face? And I always think this. I was just thinking this. Do you think online trolls actually get along with in-person trolls? Or do you think in-person trolls actually hate the online trolls? Because like, you guys are cowards and a menace to trolls in person. Because at least the people who are mean to your face are doing it without the veil of being anonymous. I think they're probably just bad people. I know it sounds very simple, but I don't I, I don't understand it. If you have a difference of opinion with someone, okay, fine. But think about how miserable you have to be to say, I don't know this person, but what I'm going to do is, because it'll make me feel better, I'm going to take an unnecessary shot at someone. You know, especially especially if you're talking about, hey, here's a picture of my living room. Do you know what I mean? If you're if you're saying something that is outlandish and someone calls you out for it, okay, fine. But if you're just doing something that is filled with joy, which is, oh my God, my tree's up. I've got a beer in my hand. I'm sitting here with my family. The game's on. This is one of my favorite times of year. If you're someone who says, hmm, how could I knock this person down a peg? You're just probably just a bad person. Right, and there was another one. Now that we're complaining about social media, I got one more, <laughs> yes. and then we'll move on to the NBA. Go ahead. So I saw somebody that I followed posted this video saying something to the effect of, if you bring store-bought desserts to Thanksgiving, you should not be allowed at Thanksgiving. And me, who definitely had store-bought desserts because Publix pumpkin right. pie is incredible, 
thought to myself, uh-oh, is this something that other women are judging me on? Another thing to add to the list? Or is it perfectly fine to eat a pie that you got from Publix? Here's the problem with the internet, Chelsea. Everyone lives in their own little silo. Everyone. Everyone who has an opinion, no matter what that opinion is, will find people who agree with them. I don't care if you make a pumpkin pie or if you buy one. Sure, if you make a, or whatever pie, take a pie of your choice and you make it awesome. If you bring it awesome, it's still pie. And also, you were kind enough to bring something. The end. That's it. But there are some people out there who are selfish or have dumb opinions. And instead of saying, hmm, maybe I'm incorrect here. What are they going to do? No, they're not going to. They're not going to self-analyze. They're not going to have some sort of self-awareness and say, maybe I'm being a little off base here. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh. No, they're going to do a search or find people who agree with them because there are always people out there because the Internet is endless. So everyone lives in this their own little bubble where they're going to find someone or something that aligns with what they want to believe. Come hell or yeah, high water, I've that's the way that, it's be. I've heard that kind of about betting. Like when I first got into business, my boss told me that if you have an opinion and if something lines up with your research, you know, just put it out there. And, you know, if it loses, it loses. But people are looking for reassurance. Like when people are watching and listening to our show, they probably already mm -hmm. have a play that they like in their mind. And they're just looking right. for somebody else to agree with them. So do you think that's ever the case? Because I find myself, when I listen to other gambling shows, I'm like that. Yes. But also, I will also say this, is that, yes, if it's a, what I would say is you, you need to, like with all things, is you listen to both sides. And sometimes I mm -hmm. have a conviction and I'll say, I don't care about the other side. I Like, I have a very strong conviction here. Other times, I think it's important to say, hmm, let me listen to both sides. If it lines up with what I believe, then okay, great. But also, if it doesn't and I'm hearing something that concerns me, maybe it's time to take a second look. And that will make you a more educated better. It doesn't mean you throw out every single pick that you like if you hear an alternative opinion. What it does mean is that now you suddenly have the information to make a more educated decision regardless of what that decision is. And that's great for non-betting, betting. I'm more than willing to hear another side and then say, oh, okay, well, I had not thought about that. And if you're trying to win money, you should do that. Right. You should. Your goal should be to gather as much information as you possibly can. And that's kind of the goal of the show is we are doing the homework so you don't have to. And if you have a bit of information that you think would be relevant, like tw tweet us, you know, send us a message or yeah. something, because we are always open to hearing other sides as well. But uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there is that we are always looking to have the most information as we possibly can going into these games. And I think that is the biggest hurdle when handicapping the NBA, because I'm looking at the injury report for mm -hmm. some of these games. Jenks, we've got our work cut out for us. Oh, all right. I will give you a couple selections here, and you can choose whichever game. Maybe you want to talk about both games. Lakers are taking on the 76ers tonight. The Nuggets are in L.A. taking on the Clippers. Do you like either one of these games or something else I haven't mentioned? All right, so I was looking at player props in the Lakers and 76ers mm -hmm. because there is a matrix you can look at 
that's uh, NBA's defense versus position matrix that will show you every single weakness that a team has statistically. The Lakers, statistically speaking, are pretty porous when it comes to shooting guards and their rebounds. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not super up on uh, the Sixers' DeAnthony Melton, but he's somebody who's been playing more minutes as of late, and you can get his rebounds for over four and a half for plus money. He has hit Mm -hmm. this in, uh, let's see, four straight games. So if that is the case, and if the Lakers continue to give up the second most rebounds to opposing shooting guards, maybe worth a play at plus money. That's one of those where you just look at the numbers and kind of hope it's right. That's my only Mm -hmm. handicap there. So it's not something I'm super sold on, uh, but just something I noticed based on the stats. I'll give you a play. If I want to play this tonight, eh, I don't know. I'm laying four and a half with the Clippers tonight, hosting the Nuggets. Clippers are minus 190 on the money line. The Nuggets are plus 155. Your total is 219 and a hook. The script has flipped when it comes to the Nuggets. Remember last year? When we trust them, we trusted them implicitly. They were such a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. But suddenly this year, and Jamal Murray is not playing, they are 1-8 and eight against the spread on the road this season. In fact, they're one of the worst covering teams in the NBA this year after being one of the best last year. Clippers have suddenly won four of their last five. I think they get it done tonight in L.A., even though I can't stand James Harden. Clippers laying the four and a half. Coming up next here on the show, we're going to hand out the MVP Monday trophy and debate who won the weekend. That is coming up next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Monday morning, and Hour 2 is headed your way next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.